Today is a very, very special episode for a whole host of reasons. First things first, it's my birthday. Today is August 9th, my birthday, and I feel like there's kind of two different types of people in this world. There's those who say they aren't really birthday people, and then there's those who celebrate all month long. I'm definitely one of the latter. (laughs) I honestly just love celebrating birthdays in general, like anybody's birthday, but this one feels especially special to me because this year I'm a mommy and I figured, you know, what better way to kick off my birthday than sharing about my own baby's birthday? That's right. Today on the podcast, I'm finally sharing Something that's actually pretty highly requested. I've had a few OT mamas reach out and interested in hearing about this, so I am sharing my birth story. I know I personally love to hear other mamas' birth stories because they're all so incredibly unique and different, and I don't know, I just find it fascinating to hear about. So if you're a mama and you love hearing birth stories or you've had questions about mine, this episode is for you. But even if you're not, I think you'll still enjoy this episode because I'm also going to, of course, have a financial angle. So I'm going to be talking about exactly how much my baby's birth cost us, how much we ended up paying out of pocket, and a few other finance things when it comes to preparing and having a baby. And finally, this is a extra super duper special episode because I have a pretty big announcement. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I have been working and brainstorming this project and I am sharing today. Today's the day finally here where I get to tell you about it and I think you're going to love it, but you're going to have to wait until the end to find out what it is. They say money makes the world go round, but when it comes to navigating the financial side of adulting, they kind of left us hanging. If you've ever caught yourself saying, why the heck didn't we learn any of this in school, then friend, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Miracle Money Podcast, a space dedicated to having the real, open, and honest conversations about money and finance that we never had in school, but we should have. I'm your host, Amira Kondali. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist turned personal finance enthusiast, and I'm here to help you manage your money with less stress, more joy, and a whole lot of confidence. Let's jump in. It all started around 4 a.m. And I'm kind of chuckling to myself here because I feel like all birth stories, for some reason, they start at 4 a.m. I don't know what it is about the 4 a.m. hour, but something about that hour makes these babies decide, all right, it's time to make our grand entrance. And that, too, was my story. So actually, let me back up a little bit. The day before... My husband, Mozzie, actually had the day off work, and we took the day to really just chill out. I mean, we vegged out on the couch, we watched movies, and this was, I should add, two weeks before my due date. I was 38 weeks. I'd had a dentist appointment that morning, and I decided that I just really wanted to chill out at my house. And looking back, I'm honestly so grateful that I did because that was the last, you know, day that it was just my husband and I. And I, I think we just really enjoyed each other and we just cherished that day so much. I remember it was raining outside. It was like storming, which is very rare. We live in Arizona, so we don't get a lot of storms here unless it's monsoon season, but it wasn't monsoon season. So it was storming outside and we just chilled out. I had a taste for 
a soup. So Mazi actually made pozole, which is, if you don't know, it's a very spicy soup. And he worked like all day on this. He loves to cook. So he worked all day on the soup and it was really, really spicy. I remember something about those peppers. I always like think about it. And I'm like, maybe that sent me into slightly early labor. <laughs> so we ate our pozole. We watched movies. We went to bed early. We got a good night's rest and it was great. So next day, fast forward, it's about 4 a.m. And I woke up to eat in the middle of the night. Now, if you are a pregnant mama currently or, you know, you've had a baby, you know that middle of the night hunger is so intense when you're pregnant. So I woke up and I don't honestly even remember what I ate. It was something random, some type of snack. And I noticed I was having like Braxton Hicks, which I had been having for several weeks before. And I was like, "Ah, you know, they're just Braxton Hicks. I'm going to go back to bed. So it's four o'clock and... I realize I can't get comfortable. Like I'm switching positions. Like it's just, it's not super painful, but it just felt like, and a lot of mamas describe it like this, but they felt like really bad menstrual cycle cramps. And I just thought, honestly, it was my body preparing for labor, but I really did think I had at least two to three more weeks before the baby was going to get here. So I was just like in pain and I was rolling around. I got up and went to the bathroom. I checked to see like, you know, what's going on? (laughs) Do I see anything? And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just in my head over it. So I'm just going to lay back down and try to get some rest. Well, I never ended up being able to fall back asleep because it just started to pick up in intensity. Now, I remember I still hadn't woken my husband up at this time, but I did text my mom and I sent a little, uh, it was like a meme of a girl packing a bag. And I was like, hey, I don't know. Your grandson's in here acting up. <laughs> I remember I sent that text to her. And I was like, uh, just be on standby because she was supposed to be flying in the following weekend because I wanted her here for the birth. So I sent my mom a text. I sent my best friend a text. And I was like, hey, when did you know that your labor started? <laughs> I sent my other mom a friend a text. and was like, hey, do you mind if I come over today? Because Mozzie's about to go on a 24-hour shift. And I just don't want to be alone because I just feel like my body is, you know, preparing for labor. And I, I just don't want to be by myself right now. And she was like, girl, of course, you know, come over. I'll make you breakfast. Put your feet up. Um, she had just had a baby about two months prior. Shout out to you, Kayla. So I... Um, So I sent out, you know, my text and then things were just still picking up. So I finally woke up Bobby and I was like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to start timing these contractions because I think these might be real, but I don't know. And he was like, well, you know, you've had Braxton Hicks before. So I feel like I'm spending so much time on this part. So let me move forward. So it's 4 a.m., by this point, it's about 4.30. I finally wake him up. I sent out my text to my friends. Um, and he was like, okay, let's get you some water because, you know, you might be dehydrated. So I got up, had some water. And I was just kind of chilling out. Again, pain level was maybe like a 3 at this point out of 10. So it wasn't anything too intense. But it was enough that it was just uncomfortable to try to sleep through. So fast forward, hubby is actually on a 20. He's headed out for a 24-hour OB shift. So if you don't know, Mozzie is a nurse anesthetist. So he he does anesthesia for you know surgeries and at this at this time he was working in OB so he did epidurals he did the anesthesia for c-sections things like that so he was going out on his 24-hour shift and it was actually his last 24-hour shift before the baby was to come because we were like okay we don't want him gone for an entire day when we're this close to the baby coming so he was headed out on his last 24-hour shift it's about 6 a.m at this point his shift started at 7 and I was like you know what I'll be fine I'm gonna drink some water I think I'm just like tense I'm in my head let me just chill out so he leaves around 6 a.m and I 
call my mom immediately and I was like, can you just like stay on the phone with me? I think I'm just, again, I really didn't think it was true labor. I thought it was just Braxton Hicks and just my body preparing for labor eventually, but I didn't think it was like active labor. So, and it, I mean, it wasn't technically, it was pre-labor, but anyways, I digress. <laughs> so 7 a.m. I run a bath and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get in some warm water. And prior to this too, let me back up and say, I didn't have a birth plan. Um, because my husband works in OB, I felt really prepared and like no knowing what to expect because I asked him literally a million questions before the baby got here. I would just be like, hey, like, what did you see today? I just wanted to know everything. So I felt really comfortable and confident with, you know, my non-birth plan. I just wanted to make it back home safe and sound, me and my baby and my husband. That's really what my plan was. But the only thing I said was I wanted to labor at home as long as possible. So at this point, it's 7 a.m. I'm in the bathtub, you know, warm water. These, what I think are Braxton Hicks are, are still hitting, you know, they've moved to about a four or so now. And I am like, okay, maybe let me just go in to see my OB. I was supposed to have an OB appointment in like two days or like the end of that week or something. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in when they open at eight get myself checked out, see what's going on. So that was my plan. I was going to do my bath, get up, drive myself to the OB appointment or not OB appointment, but I was going to go see my OB. And then I was going to go over to my friend's house and hang out. So by 7.30, I'm on the phone with my mom. And at this point I'm starting to cry and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I think, you know, something might be wrong. So again, not thinking it's true labor. I was thinking something might actually be wrong because again, pain's picking up. You don't know what to expect. I'm completely caught off guard. We're two weeks early here. So she's like, okay, hang up with me, call Mozzie and let him know what's going on. So I call Mozzie. This point is about 7.30. He has just started his shift. I'm like, I'm so sorry to call you. Um, I was like, but I just think you may need to come pick me up and take me to the hospital to get checked because I'm in a lot of pain. At this point, we're at about four and a half intensity. And I'm like, I think I just want to make sure that I'm okay and that the baby's okay. I think too, I was so nervous because I was home by myself. If someone was there with me, I don't think I would have been so anxious, but it's kind of scary like being at home and being, you know, that far along in your pregnancy. And, you know, there's things that could go wrong, of course. So things are in my mind and, you know, I'm trying to pray through it. I'm like reciting scriptures, but that's this pain picked up y'all. So I got out of the bath and I was like, you know, I actually have to go potty. So I sit on the toilet and the toilet is nicknamed the dilation station. And oh my gosh, it is so true because the moment I sat on that toilet, something about the positioning, I think it caused everything to pick up from about a four to a six, like instantly. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I think this baby is coming and I might have him in the toilet. So <laughs> my husband is currently like on the way home. Thankfully, he was at the hospital closer to where we live. Sometimes he would go far further out, but he was at the close by hospital. So it would take him about 15 minutes to get home. So I'm waiting for him to get home. Again, at this point, it's about 7.45-ish and I'm on the toilet and I am stuck. Like these contractions are hitting back to back, banging them out. <laughs> so I'm still on the phone with my mom. My husband's on the way and I am just trying to breathe through it. I am like, okay, like I just want to get to the hospital and make sure I'm okay. So he comes home and I never forget, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I am like an eyebrows person. I don't like to leave the house if my eyebrows are not filled in. <laughs> so here I am, like imagine I'm sitting here on the toilet, Mozzie comes in, he's like, okay, let's let's get you in. So I'm like, but wait, I, ha I have to draw my eyebrows. <laughs> and he's cracking up laughing. He's like, 
really? And I'm like, yes, I have to fill in my eyebrows. Like, I cannot go to this hospital looking crazy. I need my eyebrows done. So I get up and I'm like filling in these eyebrows <laughs> in between contractions. Thankfully, my hospital bag's already packed. Um, I packed that at 36 weeks. So we grab my bag. I get dressed. I put on my little um, labor gown that I got and I head to the hospital. So we left about 8 a.m. Um, and then we go through, you know, the process of being admitted and all of that. So around 9 a.m., I am actually admitted and they say the words, oh my gosh, you're having a baby today. You're already at five centimeters. And I just started crying. I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Like, first of all, how am I already at five centimeters? Like, did not think that that entire time I was actually dilating, but apparently I was, and that is why it was so painful. Um, So they're like, hey, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to, of course, get the epidural? How are you feeling? No, mind you, hubby has walked me through, you know, pain management and everything else. And again, I didn't have necessarily a birth plan. I just wanted to be safe and happy and healthy. That was it. So I was like, you know what? I'm not against getting the epidural. I don't want it right now because hubby reminded me. He was like, if you get it, they're not going to let you eat and you haven't eaten anything. So if you want to eat, I would say get, you know, get some breakfast and then we can get it. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So It's 9.30-ish. He brings me up some breakfast. The contractions, again, are still same intensity, but I think because I knew what to expect, I was able to handle them really well. I was just breathing through them, um, talking to hubby, you know, catching up family, not really a lot of family, but just basically just my mom (laughs) Um, and a couple other family members that we were in labor. I talked to my friends and I was just, you know, rocking out. I was like, all right, here we go. I had to kind of get over that initial shock. Um, So, okay, I'm going to try to fast worry through this because I don't want this episode to be super super long so okay so we're at 9 30 I have been admitted I'm at five centimeters um and then I can't eat like I tried to eat could not really get anything down drink some water um and you know I'm in like a, a cold sweat like it's just it was just very intense very very intense contractions so hubby it was absolutely phenomenal. He got like the yoga ball, you know, he turned the lights down low. He opened the blinds for me. We had on um, my playlist that I had created, which actually only had like five songs on it <laughs> because I wasn't finished creating my playlist, but I had my birth playlist going. It was a lot of just worship music. You know that I am a um, girl of faith. And so for me, that's what I needed to like get through this. So I had a lot of worship mu- music on in the background. Shout out to Maverick City Music and Chandler, like my jams, my jams are on. So he is like sitting behind me on the yoga ball, you know, we're breathing through it. And honestly, I was kind of in this zone. So they came back around 11am and they're like, you know, hey, how are you doing? They did ask me, do you want to check to see how, you know, how dilated you are? I know that you don't have to do that. But for me, I just wanted to know where am I at? They checked me around 11 a.m. and I was already at eight centimeters. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, shoot, (laughs) like, okay, we're going through this, you know, so I was at eight centimeters. Hubby was like, are you feeling good? Are you feel like you're managing your pain pretty well? And I was like, honestly, yeah, like, you know, he was doing the counter pressure um, on my back and he was helping me breathe through it really low moaning and groaning. Honestly, like I said, I did not take a birth preparation class. In hindsight, I, I kind of wish I would have, but I prepared in my own little way and I, I was feeling really, really good. So eight centimeters at 11 a.m., um, went through, you know, the laboring just with hubby and I in the room. It was honestly 
honestly such a beautiful and special time. We didn't capture any of it. He actually asked me, he was like, do you want me to like record this? I was like, honestly, if you leave my side, I will cry. So no, <laughs> like you cannot go anywhere. Um, I did not even want him to get up to like prop the phone up. I was like, I just need you here. So um, the transition though, between eight centimeters and 10 centimeters was extremely intense. And that's kind of when I feel like I was reaching my limit. Um, they were just back-to-back contractions, very intense. Again, like, yes, it is painful, but I describe it more like an intensity because that's just, I don't know how it felt to me. So again, it wasn't like unbearable. Um, no one came in and asked, you know, too much about pain management. I did decide at eight centimeters, I wanted to try the gas. To me, honestly, it didn't help, but it gave me something to do, like to focus on with each contraction. So I would just breathe through it, inhale the gas. I don't think it provided a lot of relief though. Um, so I was at eight centimeters to 10 centimeters was pretty rough. Like that was the roughest for sure. Fast forward about an hour and a half. It's maybe 12, 1230 and they come in, see how I'm doing. And I'm like, can you check me again? Now, mind you, these cervical checks, y'all, these hurt. Like it's actually very painful to me, but again, mentally, I just wanted to know how, how are we doing? How far along are we now? A lot of, you know, mamas don't like to do those checks. And so it's really, you know, up to you and your personal preference. You don't have to, but, um, for me mentally, I just, I just needed to know. (laughs) So they check me again. It's about 1230 and they're like, okay, you're at 10 centimeters. You're fully dilated. So, you know, start to here, it was about eight hours until I was fully dilated. Um, again, at this point I just had the gas, but no further pain medication. And I was like, okay, great. So I can just like push him out because I think that's what happens, right? You get to 10 centimeters, you push him out. And they were like, well, actually, you know, your water's not broken. So you can continue to labor, see if your water breaks on its own, or we can break it for you. Once we break it for you, those contractions, are going to pick up at this point I was about a 12 out of 10 in pain (laughs) so when she told me that I would have to keep going through this for maybe several hours or they would have to break it for me and then it would pick up in intensity and pain I was honestly so tapped out I looked at my husband and I was like I'm tapping out (laughs) he just started laughing he was like babe you did so good like if you want to get pain medication relief we can do that you want to keep going like whatever he was just super super supportive um asked him again to just walk me through the epidural like what it would be like how fast it would take effect things like that and he did um so around two o'clock I had the epidural place and again although I had gotten to 10 centimeters without it I I felt like I was going, I was on the brink of passing out. Like it was just, it was so intense. Um, I feel like I was going to black out from the pain. It was just a lot. And I was like, you know what? The only thing I really don't want is a C-section only because the recovery is so much harder on the body. And so I wanted to do everything in my power to hopefully avoid that. And so I didn't want to get to the point where I'm so exhausted that I cannot push this baby out. So I went ahead, had the epidural placed around two. And unfortunately, it did not Uh, fully take effect and you know you hear about this happening unfortunately this was my case and no hubby did not place it (laughs) I actually wanted him to but you know conflict of interest so um, he didn't actually place my epidural but um, someone else placed it and you know it's just tricky it has to be in the exact correct spot so mine did not take um, fully into effect it only kind of worked on one side very minimally and so what happened is they wanted to empty my bladder and they were like we have to place a catheter but you're not going to fill it because you have the epidural and I was like okay great at this point I'm still in pain but it's kind of tapered off from about uh you know really really high like a 12 to about a 7 so it was some type of relief oh man they placed the catheter and because the epidural hadn't taken completely I felt every part of that and that was 
the worst part of labor to me was I was feeling the catheter be placed. I screamed out in pain and I immediately bust into tears. And my husband was like, did you feel that? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, you are not supposed to feel that. You know, let's get the anesthetist back in here. Let's get it replaced. So they placed it again about an hour later. It's about three o'clock at this time. Um, and it finally went into full effect. And so at that point, I wasn't feeling any pain, just um, like some pressure. And honestly, my legs felt like elephant legs. That's the best way I could describe what the epidural felt like. Um, but at least it gave me like some form of relief because at this point, again, I don't even know, I had been eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours, I think or so labor. Um, and so I really just needed some relief. So had the second epidural placed, everything was fine. I ended up closing my eyes. I was able to take a little nap, prepare myself for pushing. Um, five o'clock, they came in about two hours later, they came in and checked me. Water was still not broken. So they ended up breaking it for me. And they put me on the peanut ball um, and like on my left side and then my right side, I guess, to just, you know, work on positioning and getting the baby into position and things like that. So five o'clock, they were like, we're going to leave you on the peanut ball for about an hour. We'll come back. So six o'clock, they came back and they were like, all right, it's time to push. And I just remember that moment and being like, oh, my gosh, like I'm going to push him out and he'll be here. Well, I had to push and push and push and push and push because my little bubby, baby Jay, was very, very high up and he was just chilling. So it actually took three hours to push him out. I started pushing around six o'clock, like I said, and he was born at 9.27 p.m. So a little over three hours, honestly, of pushing. And it was super special, though, because he was born to the exact song that I wanted him to be born to, but it was completely coincidental. It's called Million Little Miracles by Maverick City Music, and he was actually born right into daddy's hands. So again, because they knew him on the unit, you know, these were his friends and coworkers, and so they, you know, trusted him. So he got down there, and the midwife, oh gosh, amazing midwife, she was so patient with me, so diligent, stayed there by my side the entire three hours of pushing. Um, and she was just so amazing coaching me through it, but she was like, come on, come on, daddy, come, come get your baby. And so she made sure his head was delivered safely. And then Mozzie went down and he delivered him and placed him on my chest. And it was the most euphoric and beautiful feeling that I don't think I will ever be able to fully express. So he was born and that was it. (laughs) So I honestly could have, you know, talked through this labor, like, times three because there's you know so much that goes into it but that in general that's my birth story and it was honestly like a good time like it was not I didn't have thank god you know no complications nothing serious he was born healthy even though he was you know a little bit um early I mean he was still full term but he was you know two weeks early and he was just just amazing when he was born he had hair and I thought you know he was so cute and I was like oh my gosh like I can't believe I'm a mom now so um anyways I could talk about this forever but I wanted to share you know the birth story again because I've had people ask about it and I'm you know an open book at this point so I would love you know if you have questions you want to talk more about it have any you know thing that you uh want to prepare for if you're pregnant feel free to reach out at any point So now shifting gears a little bit, I've covered my birth story and I really want to talk about how much this (laughs) costs because as you know, having a baby is expensive if you choose to have a hospital birth. Of course, there's different options like home birthing, birth centers, things like that, but we did choose a hospital birth. I actually really wanted to try for either a home birth or a birthing center birth, but you know, Mozzie, again, because he was very heavily immersed in the OB world, he's seen, you know, both 
both sides of things that that happen. And so he was not comfortable at all with us not being in a hospital. So I completely, you know, understood that. So we chose to have a hospital birth for that reason. And it was not cheap, my friends. So first things first, let me tell you a little bit about our, our health insurance, just so you can have an idea. And I'm not going to go too deep into this because this could be another episode. I know I always say that, but seriously. So because we are you know, relatively healthy. We don't have uh, complicated medical histories or needs or anything. And we really just kind of need those preventative services. We have chosen to have a high deductible health plan. Now, the other reason that we chose to have this is because we wanted to be eligible for an HSA, which is a health savings account. I should also add that both my husband and I are independent contractors. Well, when I was working, independent contractors. So we don't get health insurance through our employers. So we were tasked with getting our own health insurance and again because we wanted the health savings account we chose to get a high deductible plan now with a high with a high deductible plan the out-of-pocket costs are higher but again because we're relatively healthy we don't need a lot of medical services you know that was okay for us um so we're eligible for the hsa and we do contribute to it and if you're not familiar with the health savings account i'm happy to like put information in the show notes but essentially it's just a type of investment account that allows you to set money aside to pay for qualified health care expenses later and the amazing thing is it's actually triple tax advantaged so if you know me you know that i love talking about taxes because that's really the key it's not about how much money you make it's about how much money you keep so it's really important to understand taxes so with the hsa it is a triple tax advantage account investment account and so deposits are tax deductible which is always a good thing (laughs) the growth is tax deferred and spending is tax free so again not going to go too deep into that but just so you know why our out-of-pocket costs were so high it was because we have a high deductible health plan So with that being said, the total cost of the birth was roughly $10,000. It was about $5,500 of, you know, healthcare expenses for me and then about $5,000 for healthcare expenses for the baby. So roughly around $10,000. Now, unfortunately, because we have a really high deductible, our deductible is actually $6,500 per person or $13,000 for um, the whole family. But because of that, we had to pay everything out of pocket, which is a lot of money, friends. So $0 was covered due to us having this high deductible. So it was a pretty hefty bill, but I want to talk to you just about how we prepared for this. So going in, we knew that we would likely have to cover all or I mean, cover most, if not all of the hospital birth. So, you know, we kind of knew that. Oh, also fun fact, the epidural itself was $3,000. So (laughs) thankfully I wasn't charged twice for it because I technically had um, two of them placed, but the epidural was $3,000. So we made sure basically that A, we knew what our bill was going to look like going into the birth. And so we were able to financially prepare. And by financially prepare, I just mean, you know, watching your spending, budgeting, setting money aside. One thing that we actually did that I found extremely helpful was we set up a um, a separate account for saving up for everything baby related. And we had that in our high yield savings account, our HYSA, and that we have through Marcus by Goldman Sachs. So because the percentage is higher on those accounts, right now you're able to um, earn just a little bit more in interest on your you know savings account versus a traditional and I'm pretty sure again that I've talked about high yield savings accounts so 
we essentially just made like a little, you know, bucket in that account called um, Baby Firefly and we contributed money and set it aside. So we were able to pull from that and also earn a little bit more in interest. So highly, highly recommend, you know, setting something up like that if you're pregnant or if you are planning to become pregnant and you just want to be able to have that account so that you can pull from it for, you know, different costs associated with having a baby. So those, you know, would be my biggest tips, I think, for preparing to cover the cost of a hospital birth is finding out, I mean, a lot of it's going to be with insurance, figuring out in advance, like how much is going to actually be covered. If you're on a high deductible plan like we are, then knowing that you likely are going to have to, um, you know, pay a little bit more upfront because our deductibles are just higher. So I hope that was helpful. I hope that was not too overwhelming or too, you know, nerding out over health insurance and taxes. But um, of course, I cannot you know, come on here and have an episode and not talk about money stuff because that is who I am. Right. So, um, but yeah, okay. I think, I think that was it friends. I think that was it as far as the birth story, how we paid for it, the overall bill. Um, and yeah, honestly, there's so much that I could go on and on about, but when it comes to birth, especially in the United States, I just feel like there's so much that needs to change, but I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm going to talk about that in a second. Okay. That was fun. I'm really excited that I had the chance to sit down and record this because, you know, one thing other moms have always told me is I really need to write down my birth story because over time the details start to fade. And it's hard to believe that one day I'll forget a single thing about that day. But I think because it's still so relatively fresh, I mean, you know, a couple months <laughs> fresh in my mind. Um, so I'm, I'm just really happy that I was able to record this and that you were able to hear more about my birth story. And yeah, anyways, so I'm happy that I'll, you know, have this recorded and who knows, maybe even one day my own baby will grow up and hear this episode. I mean, how cool would that be? All right, now is time for the fun part. I am super excited to share a little bit more about this project that I've been working on behind the scenes. But before I do that, I just want to tell you kind of where this came from and, and the story behind this idea. So I can tell you that motherhood is one of the most exhausting yet rewarding things, you know, someone will ever experience in this life. It's beautiful, it's messy, it's complicated, but it's a joyous season and it's all rolled into one. Becoming a mother is an inside-out transformation. We are thrown into the most important role of our lives, and despite all of the birth classes and the books and the preparation courses, it's one of those things that we can never truly prepare for. We simply learn as we go, and we figure it out. Now, mothers in rehabilitation professions such as occupational, physical, speech therapy, I believe we are truly innately nurturers at our core. That's a lot of times why we went into this profession. And we spend decades of our lives trying to learn to help people live in every sense of the word. And we pour so much into others, but we often struggle with pouring into ourselves. Our uniqueness as OTs carries over into almost every area of our lives, including and especially motherhood. But I found, myself included, many of us craving a space, a community that supports this transition into motherhood while still honoring who we are as OTs deep down inside. 
So for me, when I was pregnant, it started with a simple group chat because that's what I was craving. I wanted to connect with moms, but I wanted to connect with moms who were OTs. And so it started with this simple group chat on GroupMe, (laughs) but I quickly realized that we needed and we were yearning and craving more. And with that, I am so excited to announce that this year I will be hosting the first ever OT Mama Virtual Summit. Now, this is my passion project, (laughs) my just, I don't even know the word for it, but I'm so excited about it. And I have so many details, but I am actually not going to share all of the details just yet. Only thing you need to know is it's happening. It's happening soon. And today, officially, the waitlist is open. So I'm going to link a link in the show notes where you can learn a little bit more about the OT Mama Virtual Summit. You can get on the waitlist, which will guarantee that you'll be the first to hear once I have announced uh, the speakers, the dates, everything that's going to be happening. So if you are remotely interested in attending, make sure to hop on the waitlist so that you will get you know, more information, but I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this event and it's really going to focus on providing a safe space to nurture and guide OT mamas as, you know, we create and define what motherhood as an OT looks like. I also want to share the theme for this year is redefining and embracing the occupation of motherhood. And my mission with this is really to, like I said, support and guide aspiring, expectant, and new OT mamas on the pursuit of motherhood on our own terms. So that's all I've got today. I am so excited that you've tuned in. I am so excited that the OT Mama Virtual Summit is officially in motion. It's happening. It's happening soon. And I sincerely hope you'll join me. Hey friend, before you go, there's a few things I want to remind you about. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you heard, please take a few moments to leave a review. They seriously make my heart happy. Lastly, don't forget to check the show notes for additional resources, links, and maybe even some freebies. All right, that's all I've got. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'll catch you in the next one. And as always, don't forget to make it a marvelous day.